Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I am one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, and David's back. <laughs> Spooky boy back. Welcome back, baby boy. Good to be back. <laughs> I'm glad to have you back. Um, sorry that episode last week was a little intense. Yeah, for tough you guys. for me. I, I was it, like, it, uh, count me out, guys. Understandable and fine. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hang. <laughs> It's okay. It is okay. Uh, Freddie finished it. He he wanted me to put on the record that he did not finish the movie, or that he did finish the movie. He just was feeling sick last week. So, for the record, <laughs> but totally fine. David's back, <laughs> but Freddie's not. Freddie's not here, so David's <laughs> gonna take his place for both. <laughs> but alongside with David, also known as Nightly, Spoopy Boys. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a diff- this is a podcast that takes a different horror film and breaks down the ultimate question, why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. And that's night with a what? K. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on a majority of podcast services around the world. Now, going into a new month, it is wild. Uh, the last month we had was quite intense. It was. The last month was, was I Found You month. It was all found footage, um, which was fun. I had a lot of fun with that with that month. Um, I think there was only one movie that we all like collectively agreed that we didn't like. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, that was, that was fine. Which I feel like um, was the first... Real first time that, that we is, all didn't really care yeah, for a movie. Absolutely, because it follows. Freddie wasn't there for that particular episode, but he's a fan. But he's a fan, exactly. Yeah. But both the vi- both you and I were just like, <laughs> 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 but we're not talking about any of those films tonight. Uh-uh. Uh, we are diving into summer movies. It's June. The sun is out. Everything's blazing. Maybe we're still inside. I don't know because we're recording this in advance. But <laughs> <laughs> this is Dead in the Sun month. And starting uh, starting us off very strong, I feel like, is Summer of 84. Interesting movie. But let's start with our thoughts. So I'm going to tell you this right now. After our previous month of found footage, I was like, yes, this is what I need. Uh, let's go on an <laughs> 80s adventure during the summer. I'm ready. I was watching this film. And then eventually I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> Horror is just a, a genre that doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. Not for most no. people. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Except for Prince, obviously. me. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why I said for most people. But yeah, no, that's completely fair. Yeah, no, this movie is um, fantastic to me. I uh, enjoy this movie so much. I loved it. I love anything. If we're going on an adventure, count me in. I'm always for going on an adventure. And this. Absolutely. I mean, straight up, like within the five seconds, I was like, oh, Stranger Things vibes already. Like, clearly, there's a lot of <laughs> influence there. <laughs> At least I oh, think yeah. so. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because it, this uh, this movie is super interesting. And I remember when I first heard of this movie back in, I want to say it was like, maybe it was like early 2018. 
and I was I knew that I really wanted to check this movie out, and I just was like, okay, I don't I don't know how I'm gonna be able to check this out anytime soon. Um, and then the following year, it came out on Shutter, and I was like, okay, cool. And now mm-hmm. I could finally watch this movie, and uh, that honestly, that whole thing just made me so stoked. And I remember this was my second time watching this movie, and but I remember when I first watched it, and I was just shocked at how well done everything was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, characters were so loving and endearing. And, and even when we finally get our killer, like I like him. (laughs) Like you like him as a killer. I did. I did. I thought he was the, the perfect person for that. I guess it works well because within the first couple minutes in the movies, I'm like, uh, uh, this, this white man gives me the heebie jeebies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, I, I thought he was, he was very down to earth, I guess. And, um, when it, when it came to the way he had his vibes and, and, towards Davey and the other kids. I, I just thought it was very, very well done. And I love Davey um, Eats, Woody, and um, I think the other kid's name is Faraday. Um, Sounds right. But I I love all of those kids. I thought they were perfectly casted for this. And this movie was just beautifully written to me. Because yeah. in a way, it kind of plays like a book. I could totally see that. I, yeah, kind of like those old mystery books. And Davey was a big yeah. fan of those, too. Um, but yeah, it really did play out like that. And, uh, especially with the, the decade it place it takes place in the eighties. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's literally like, it felt like a summer in the eighties. And I think when you're telling an eighties story, especially like a mm-hmm. adolescent story, like you have right. to feel like you're actually there, that you're part of the crew. And I think this movie does that very well. I agree. I completely agree. And and it, it felt like you were taking on the ride because it it was one of those movies where it feels like, OK, this is a teen comedy kind of thing. And, and you got the comedy very heavily in the beginning of this movie. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. Like that. That was um, that was like probably the cool part about this beginning portion of this movie is because it felt like you're kind of watching two separate movies in a way. Yeah. Uh, Cause when it, when it gets serious, it gets fucking serious. Yeah, like, it it does. was like no joke at all at that point in time. And I, I loved every moment of this movie and, and uh, Freddie gave me some notes of things that he wanted to say about this movie as well. And he also said that he really enjoys this movie. Um, he watched it with his roommates and one of his roommates who typically doesn't care for the movies uh, that we watch for this, sh- this uh, podcast. Um, this was their highest rated movie. There was, a, they gave it a four point, a 4.5 out of five. Oh, wow. um, so it's pretty good. Like that is, that's great. Like, yeah. wow. Like that's, that's really, really neat that, um, they gave it such a high score. Um, and by the way, everybody, just to let you know, like if you are listening to this episode, be sure to check out our companion episode with this podcast. As I myself am speaking with both writers, Matt Leslie and Steven Smith. So by all means, check out that companion episode as well with this episode after this episode, before this episode, whatever you can stop this episode and listen to that one. It's all up to you guys. (laughs) I'm excited to listen to that one myself. I'm like really stoked for that. Oh yeah. Um, Gosh, I'm excited to listen to it. <laughs> uh, but I actually record that with them tomorrow, so I haven't recorded with, recorded with them yet. But for you guys, it's all it's it's already out. <laughs> uh, 
But no, I, I, I love that this movie is placed in like the beginning portions of, of the summer. Um, we don't get any antics of them being in school at all. Um, and I like the fact that it was in a cul-de-sac. Like it, it reminded yeah. me very much of like Ed, Ed and Eddie in a way. Yep. Um, just like a horror version, I guess. But this movie is very like gives me like Disturbia vibes as well in the 80s, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen that movie Disturbia? No, I haven't. That's fine. Um, it, Disturbia is that, that movie with uh, uh, Shia LaBeouf, and um, it initially came out around the same time Transformers came out. Oh. So he kind of was riding on both of those waves for a little bit. Um, gotcha. But Disturbia is actually a really good movie, but initially it's the same kind of concept where his neighbor, he thinks, is uh, a, a killer, a serial killer. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is he's on house arrest. Oh, the main character, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. And uh, since he's on house arrest, he can't leave his house. So all he's doing mainly is spying on his neighbor. Um, and of course, he gets a new neighbor. That's a girl. So he's spying on her, too. And, <laughs> so on and so forth. It's so funny how they have that in movies where it's just like, oh, spy on a girl. She'll think it's cute. Exactly. Uh-uh, right. motherfucker. No. And you wonder. She won't. We, and <sighs> people wonder why men have so many bad tendencies that are. Seriously. You know unacceptable like that yeah like don't don't stare at a girl and assume that she is going to just be flattered by you (laughs) peeping at her yeah doing things in the comfort of her own house please don't please think that you are joe from the show you on netflix yes (laughs) that motherfucker he's creepy (laughs) um but yeah i mean i the i do love all these antics that these characters got into. And I thought it was really fun on how they started by talking to, uh, or initially starting with like manhunt and then getting suspicious of the neighbor of, of Mackie officer Mackie and all that stuff. Like I thought that was really, really well done. And those kids are just, gosh, like they're phenomenal. And you could tell like they, the, the beauty behind them is that each one of those kids, uh, pretty much, technically weren't right for each other like it was so interesting yeah and and the reason why i say that is because uh you had one kid who is like crazy into like punk rock and and stuff like that and super into i guess they're all into girls but super into (laughs) girls or whatever like he's fucking horny as shit yeah then you got uh the chunky kid woody who definitely is kind of like that middle friend in a way but he's still the best friend of everyone um he's like the glue i guess to everybody um i can see that he was really sweet they, really kind even though like they all right. think they're all assholes but in reality you could tell he's a big softy exactly and then you had faraday who was the super duper nerd who actually did good in school he went to that library to go study and stuff like that yeah and then you had uh davy who initially was just like a mystery buff and serial killer fanatic and so on and so forth like these groups of kids had pretty much nothing in common that's a good point except for the except for the fact that they they like titties <laughs> like that but was like, like the main thing honestly most teenage boys or at least half of them right yeah, that's like that's that's like the thing. I mean, yeah. they were they were super horny. <laughs> yeah, it was like were. okay, got it. <laughs> um, I'm excited to ask him about that. Um, 
but yeah, let's go ahead and jump into the plot. Summer of 84, directed by Anouk Wassel, Francois Simard, Yuhan Carl Wassel, which uh, Anouk and Yuhan uh, Carl Wassel are both married. Um, so I thought that was fun. Uh, release January 22nd of 2018 at Sundance. Um, so I guess I might have seen this trailer back in 2017 then. Um, Release officially in the U.S. August 10th of 2018. A runtime of one hour and 46 minutes. Um, I couldn't find a budget for it, but I did find a box office on Box Office Mojo. A box office of $42,000 and a score of 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, a decent score. Um, I think the... the um, Audience score was a little bit higher than a critic score, which is completely fine. Um, I could see this movie, I guess, working better with um, our generation in a way, um, mainly because, like, even though it's based in the '80s, and both you and I aren't born in the '80s, I just feel like we have a fascination kids, with the '80s, and yeah, I think that too. Like the fact that like we're fascinated with the '80s, and and right now the '80s is fucking in still, right? Yeah, um, but. On top of that, like, we were teenagers technically a little bit less than, well, no, a little bit more than 10 years ago. And, or, or no, I don't want to age us that much. We've been an adult we for 10 years. We were, oh, my God. We were teenagers for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years ago, we were teenagers. So, um, for us, that's not that long ago. And uh, so, I guess it's a little bit easier for us to relate to these kids. Yeah. Um, but. We open with our our our, anta- our protagonist, excuse me, uh, Davy, saying that even serial killers live next to somebody. It's June of two thousand, or excuse me, wow, I was gonna say two thousand eighty four. We're not that <laughs> far, guys. Nineteen eighty four in Ishwich, Oregon. Um, he's riding on his bike, delivering papers, and continuing on about uh, not knowing who you truly live next to. People that he is passing by are all friendly, except for one dude who flips him off, which was Kyle, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, he goes up to drop off the paper in, into the uh, into Mackie's mailbox, but drops it instead. Davy picks up the paper and notices that a kid from Preport is still missing i even put here the soundtrack is already just taking me away yeah same i was like oh give me these synth waves please so good and yeah it, it was like super cre- it initially it sounded like a mix between our intro and stranger things yeah yeah like, I that's got that what vibe. it felt like yeah, so it felt like it felt like our intro for for this show, and then it felt like it was going into Stranger Things a little bit. Um, our intro is really good, so it's, it's great. <laughs> While looking at the paper, Mister Mackey comes up to greet him. Mackey is pretty dirty, and Davy says hello and ask him um, ask him about all the dirt that's on his shirt. He tells him that he is doing some gardening in the backyard, and Davy lets him know that uh, he didn't leave the money for the paper inside of his mailbox. Mackey questions the timing of the paper of the money request, and then asks for his assistance to lift something from inside his home. Then he will get the money. Kind of a Two bears, one stone situation, he says. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) At this point, I was like, I already feel uncomfortable. (laughs) I mean, later we we find out that he's known him since he was a child, right? Even so, So, I just don't do well with with young boys and adult men alone in a situation. I guess that's a personal problem with me. No, that's no, I feel like that's fair. It's kind of the whole thing. If like if. 
uh, uncle or whatever tries to have your kid sit on his lap and it's just yeah that could that could be a little weird okay yeah sure that that's the, i get you i get you they head inside and davy is waiting in, t- in the living room looking around we notice that mackie is also a cop and a well awarded one at that mackie comes back into the room to hand davy the money davy jokes about mackie having a big family based of all the pictures that are on the wall in his house um Wow, is that so much darker now after yeah. you finish it, right? Yep, yep. Like, holy shit. Mackie cracks a joke back and heads over to, the, to a dresser that needs to be uh, taken to the basement. There's a loud bang from the water heater, which startles Davy, and he drops the dresser. Mackie, concerned about his safety, asks if he's okay and if he's hurt. Davy tells him that he's fine, and Mackie suggests that they should take a break. While on a break... Mackie is talking to him and apologizing about the water heater, but the sound of his voice is slightly faded out because David or my name, his name is also David, but they Mm -hmm. call him Davey. (laughs) Davey is, is looking around the room and notices a room with a red light and something on the dresser. Uh, then another door that is locked with a red padlock. Davey looks back at Mackie and asks what's in the room. Mackie tells him that, uh, that, that's where they are headed, and it's a dark room for his, for his amateur photography. Um, he tells Davy that he's an amateur photographer, and Davy tells him that he he gets it because he's an amateur videographer as well. Mackie starts reminiscing about Davy being a kid and growing up in the neighborhood, and asks how old he is now. Davy tells him that he is fifteen, and Mackie exclaims uh, that it is the perfect age to be. No, it's not. <laughs> Davy has to has to leave. Uh, they say their goodbyes, and we cut to the neighbor uh, the neighborhood kids playing manhunt around the suburban cul-de-sac. This looked fun as shit. Yeah, it did. Like, I even honestly we didn't, was we like, didn't see anything really go down in the game. It looks like it was so much fun. Yeah, I was. I was thinking, man, I miss summers like that where everyone's just Damn, outside and all that. It, it like it, it was always the best, and we always did. We never did something like manhunt, but we did something similar called army tag, mm-hmm. where it was initially just a group of kids. It would you would start off with three, and everyone was on a team, and initially you would just try your best to hide. Um, but if you get tagged, then you have to join their team, and you're Ooh. pretty much turning into this yeah. army. And once you're the last person, and there's an army of kids chasing you. <laughs> oh my. god. God, that was terrifying. Oh, I used to get times. caught on purpose sometimes because I was like, fuck it. I know there's only like maybe four of us left. Yeah. I'm going to get caught because I don't want to be the last kid running for my life. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. It was a blast, though, man. It Our sounds was like so it. much fun. <laughs> uh, Davey hides in, in uh, David. Davey hides in these bushes and his friend Faraday comes into his spot and Davey tells him to fuck off and that is uh, no longer his spot. Faraday leaves and Davey peeks up but notices that there is a kid inside of Mackie's house. Mackie is on the phone and then gets off to tell the kid something. Um, The kid is smiling but Davey is intrigued by the conversation that's going on inside of his home. He is interrupted by his friend Woody and Eats um, catching him uh, in the game. They keep on moving and tell Davy to come uh, come with him to find Faraday. Before leaving, Davy gets one more glimpse at the house, but Mackie is now gone, and so is the little kid. Uh, we cut to the boys looking at a porno magazine inside <laughs> their treehouse. <laughs> Eats is bored with the magazine and questions if they are tired of looking at the same w- women in the in this book, even though he steals a, a Nat Geo magazine from the library. Okay, <laughs> uh, Faraday tells him that he isn't. 
Oh, excuse me. Faraday tells him that he isn't bored of it and he would be stoked to get to second base with someone. Eats tells him that he has made it to third base uh, with some girl and Woody laughingly tell, tells them that, of course, it's a girl that they've never heard of before. <laughs> Eats trying to stick up for himself, tells him that he was on vacation, dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> Davey, Davey uh, tells them that he would be happy to get any base with any girl uh, with a girl named Nikki. Um, the boys joke around with him having no chance with her and Eats tells him that she is into his brother Kyle. Davey, taken back by the whole thing, says that your brother works at a hardware store and he's 20. I was like, oof, dang, fuck. <laughs> Just because fired. he couldn't get to like fucking OU or whatever, relax, bro. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Honestly, okay. I felt a little bad when I heard that. I was like, damn, fuck. What was I doing at 20? <laughs> I mean, I felt a little bad, too, because I was just thinking, too, like, oh, man. I, I mean, granted, I was I was in college, but it's still like. Actually, now that I, I think, no, I was in a good place at 20. Never mind. I don't feel bad. Yeah, fuck that kid. Yeah, fuck Eats that. Continues, <laughs> Eats continues on and shares the news that his dad wants to tear down the treehouse. All of the boys are destroyed by the idea. Woody even mentions that he would live in the treehouse if he could. <laughs> Davey comments on how that wouldn't be safe because um, because of the kids going missing. Um, Eats, annoyed, tells Davey that he thinks this is some kind of conspiracy from the kids going missing. Davey goes on about a kid going uh, going missing in Hazleton last year and another kid disappearing in Freeport. Woody tells the, tells him that he sounds crazy and Faraday adds that Davey tried to connect a light bright to his keyboard to communicate with extraterrestrials. <laughs> Aliens. He sounds like a friend of mine, but really? I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, I totally would be friends with this kid. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant, like, someone specifically that you were thinking of. Oh, no, there is. Gotcha, That's what gotcha. I'm saying. I totally would be friends with this kid. Gotcha. Uh, Eats, adds in, uh, Eats adds in that their houses were built on Indian burial grounds. Davey tells them that uh, that uh, was three years ago and that their houses are built on burial grounds. Faraday chimes in by telling him that there is literally no proof for this. <laughs> Eats ask if they are uh, if they are doing. Hold on, I think I wrote that wrong. Uh, oh, Eats ask if they uh, what they are doing and suggests that he is going to go masturbate before his parents get home. <laughs> and Faraday likes the idea and decides to leave as well to go wink to his thought bank. Wow, these Teenage kids boys. are extra horny. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I got uh, that. The whole vibe of the whole movie was horny boys, horny boys, horny boys. Everywhere. Everywhere you look. They're, they're, they're all over the place. Okay. And it, it, it's funny because uh, they get hornier. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> this is not the last that we're going to hear of their horny jokes. Uh, Woody stays behind a continue and conti to continue looking at the magazine, but Eats grabs it. Um, they have a little play fight over the magazine, but then we go to Davey in his room reading a Hardy Boys book. His mom comes into the room and tells him to not read this stuff before bed. He tells her that he's 15 and then um, asks if dad is coming home soon. She tells him that she doesn't know because he is report he is out still reporting. She says goodnight and he lies back down and until she leaves, he grabs his walkie-talkie from underneath his bed and calls his friends to go to Ipswich, um, Ipswich Lanes tomorrow. 
they start talking about about the girls that they're going to see there, and uh, especially Eats is going crazy over it. <laughs> Once again, horny boys. <laughs> cracks a joke. Woody cracks a truthful joke to to Eats uh, getting thrown over a railing because he asked a girl if he can touch her boobs. Well, meanwhile, Davy is looking outside his window with binoculars at the next door neighbor's house and nobody is there. But Eats cracks a joke about him looking at Nikki and the DJ booth. Davy tells them that he can see Nikki right now and that she's naked. They don't believe him, but they are they want the full details of what's going on. And Davy jokes that she is waving her hand to come over and Eats calls bullshit, then dips on out. Everyone's <laughs> just like, fuck it. All right. Now I know you're lying. Cool. Uh, it's kind of funny because. Eats reminds me kind of of Ryan. <laughs> I can see that. He kind of reminds me of Ryan. I mean, I'm not saying Ryan's like extra horny. I mean, I don't know. He might be. But he is. Uh, <laughs> I'll boys. say it. He is. <laughs> but um, it, he just he reminds me of like his attitude and, and snarky comments and so on and so forth. It's just yeah. kind of funny. Uh, Faraday uh, compliments Davy's quote unquote view. And Woody is about to about to go on questioning him, but Davy has had enough and turns off the radio instead. He heads over to another window to look out, but this time at Mackie's place. The lights are off, so he decides to go to sleep. Next day, Davy is throwing away some trash and comments on how his mom's meatloaf smells like werewolf shit. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. His dad rebuttals by telling him that um, he should have put the center blocks on the trash cans last night, um, and then he won't be in this mess if he would have done that. His dad is messing around with his camera while Davy picks up the trash. Davy makes a joke about an exclusive story on pest control for the raccoons and mentions that he could film it. Uh, his dad tells him that the camera is off limits company property. Davy jokes about him needing the practice to become the next Spielberg and pops pop and his pops is not buying it. He's just like, nah, bro, get out of here. <laughs> His dad packs up to the uh, his dad packs up the rest of his things and tells him to clean up the mess before he goes anywhere. We cut to Davy and the squad riding the bikes to the bowling alley. They make it and drop their bikes and head on inside. And I was like, "Wow, the eighties bike right. just doesn't get stolen, huh? Like, nope. what the fuck? Well, because at that point, everyone has a bike. It's like that's true, you know." Like, Shit, or, I need I'm, two. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm in the agony. <laughs> I need two. Eats gawks at some chicks and they uh, won't well, eats and Faraday. I meant to put eats and Faraday gawks at some chicks and then starts hilariously humping Woody's leg and hoodie. Woody is not with it. He was like, bro, get off me. <laughs> Davey, <laughs> Davey notices Nikki at the DJ booth and then Faraday chimes in, quote, Nikki fucking Kazaba, whatever the fuck her last Hell name is. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I said that wrong. I think it's Kazabu, Kazaba, Kazab. whatever. The first one sound better. Yeah, the first one sounded right. Um, and how attractive she is. Um, she she was pretty cute. <laughs> they're, they're asking uh, team perverted questions about her being Davy's babysitter. He tells he tells them that it was a long time ago and that they played games and shit. And Eats gets seductively closer and jokingly asks, what kind of games did you guys play? Naughty games? Back at Davy's house. <laughs> yeah, naughty games. <laughs> Back at Davy's house eating with his parents uh, while watching the news and they're eating fucking Kraft mac and cheese. And that, Hell I was thinking, yeah. I was, like, I was like, damn, are they sure they're from the suburbs? <laughs> <laughs> Although that Kraft's did look good. I'm not going to lie. Dude, I will never turn down Kraft's <laughs> mac and cheese. Never, never, never. Everyone's a fool if they don't like Kraft's mac and cheese. I said <laughs> it. I said it. You're right. I said it. <laughs> 
It, it's funny because I, I remember one time I went to Hooters with Mike, Brian, and the Good Night Crew. So uh-huh. when we were at Hooters, I was like, okay, I'm hungry. I don't drink. So I was like, I don't want anything to drink. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bit hungry, but I didn't want wings or anything. So I ordered their mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, first and foremost, was $12. I was like, okay. All right. She's <laughs> probably going to be okay. I don't, you probably, I'm not you expect probably to be paid blown away. $12 for half a box of craft. I did. Oh, 100%. no. I paid $12 for half a box of craft that was inside a miniature little pan. <laughs> oh, Very boy. tiny. Like, literally, I was able to eat it in like three bites. And I was like, <laughs> Great. Can we go now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I had a similar experience to Hooters where I went once and I, I don't like the restaurant at all. And also no. I don't really drink. And then I was like, I'm just going because I'm hungry and I'm with people and that's where they want to go. Right. Had something to eat. I was like, I'm never coming here again. No, 100%. And it's funny because like we all know the reasons of why people go to Hooters. I'm a yeah. married man. I don't care about it. <laughs> like, I want to go home. <laughs> I was about to say same, but I'm not married, but practically. And there you are. His dad, we're going to call him Randall from here on out, and sometimes we'll call him dad, comments about how the Cold War is never going to end, and his wife, Sheila, hands him a package that someone dropped off. He opens it, and it's flyers for the county fair. Randall comments um, about some synth band playing at the fair instead of uh, Nikki DJing, and Davey even chimes in, what about Nikki? (laughs) Damn, he is simping. He tells Davey that her parents are getting a divorce, and Sheila asks uh, ask him how does he know that. One of his friends told him about it and says that it's getting really ugly, too. Sheila tells him to not gossip and makes one last comment about not knowing, and Randall ends uh, with, quote, That's why they invented curtains, honey. <laughs> um, and I even put here, I was more rubbed off by his dad. Yeah. Instead of Mackie. Yeah. His dad seemed like I like his dad just seemed like he didn't want to be there. Yeah, his dad seemed like he was just a shithead. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like he didn't seem like a like a a good dad, I yeah. guess. Um and well, that's we'll me find judging off appearance. Right. Um, back in Davy's room, checking in on, on Nikki, but she still isn't there. The phone starts to ring and he picks it up on the wall. A man named Jimmy assumes it is Randall on the line and tells him that the newspaper just received a letter that's, uh, from someone called the Cape May Slayer. He claims that he killed at, at least 13 boys over the last decade and two adults. Davy is about to hang up the phone when he realizes that it is not for him, but... Uh, but puts it back up to his ear to listen to more on to the conversation. They tell Randall to come into the office so he can help help break the story. Davy heads back into his room and grabs a walkie-talkie to tell his tell his homies what's going on. He tells them uh, that he was right, that there is a serial killer that is on the loose, and his dad just got called in for it. Eats tells him that he wasn't kidding and that he's watching on the news currently. Davy goes downstairs to, to look at the TV with his mom, and Sheriff Codwell is telling is talking about the Cape May Slayer. He claims that he has killed 13 teenage boys and two adults. Caldwell tells the press that the Slayer has provided names, dates, and details pertinent to to open missing person cases. They have confirmed the accuracy of the statement, and they are finally able to label him as an active serial killer. I wonder how it, like, feels when that used to happen. 
because it, it it's crazy because like the seventies and and stuff like that was such not I wouldn't say a safe time because it definitely wasn't. There was a lot of serial killers prowling the streets, but it definitely was a time where people just felt a little bit more careless. Yeah, um, definitely. And like they would leave doors unlocked, and 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 they would also would continue to just base it off of the mo of the serial killer where for example oh this serial killer only kills sex workers or this serial killer only kills uh uh i don't know kids or this serial killer only kills black people or whatever um because like that was one of the things where for for example um the grim sleeper he would only kill black women um black sex workers at that inside bad neighborhoods and no one suspected him because no one gave a shit about those people. Yeah, and it's it, it's horrible. And it, what makes it even more horrible is the fact that um, it, it. Well, I wouldn't say horrible, but what makes it even more interesting is is a better way I should put it. Um, is the fact that since he was a black man, most black people technically didn't fit most mo's of serial killers, and that was just that was just the thing. Like most people who did serial killings were mostly white. And when they when they would typically write more black people off and associate them with just being gang violence and stuff like that. And that was that was one of that was one of the things that why the Grim Sleeper was able to get away with it for so long. And the Atlanta child murderer who never got caught. And it was because he was a a black man in a in a black neighborhood. Well, we assumed he was because it was in a black neighborhood and uh, black folks inside the hood and they don't they don't really trust white folks all that much um so i mean that's just that that's how it was um the tv switches to the news anchor saying that they are looking for a white male in his late 30s to 40s possibly living alone his preferred targets are males ages of 15 to 16 sheila turns off the tv before the anchor can finish and starts to say that she can't believe that something like this is and davy finishes with could actually happen here but he's stoked I love that transition. To his friends, I loved it. That was was so much fun. I agree, one hundred percent. Like it, it worked so well when it was able to connect to uh, from what his mom was saying. And I feel like for some reason, when it comes to uh, adolescent eighties storytelling, and when it's in the form of media, it it always has the best cuts. I don't know why. Yeah, like it's it's just there's this artistic style to film or television that's like 80s based that it's just i don't know the cinematography i feel like once that it, that's a big reason why i love like 80s content or like subject mm. matter is because like for the most part because of how popular 80s uh material has gotten it's like you know the cinematography is going to be good at least that's my expectation because right. it's it's like if it's so hyped up and it's it's so saturated the market of 80s content saturated you got to be Really good with it. You know, you got to get people, right. make, a, make a reason for people to watch this over other 80s content. Yeah, I agree. Um, still, no one has hit the caliber of Ty West's The House of the Devil, though. Like, <laughs> Dude, that like, was, that oh, is like, yeah, that is that's like God tier cinematography for, 80s, uh, for a 2000s film to look like it's from the 80s. Like, and, that was yeah. God tier. And that was pre-Stranger oh. Things and all that. So, yeah, you know, kind of set the bar. Fuck, man, what a movie. <coughs> what a fucking movie that is yeah but anyway that's a, that's a let's one. keep going check out that episode <laughs> yes hands down if you haven't checked out that episode yet if you jumped into this late 
by all means, please go back. I think that's like our second episode ever. Yeah, early but, on. But, man, what a movie that is. He thinks this is cool, and, a, and Woody chimes in by saying that since he hunts kids his age, they should probably cool it on the late-night manhunt game. Faraday asks why and continues by saying that none of the kids are from Ispit, Ip, Ipswich and Cap, Cap May is huge. Davy tells him that it's actually not that big and it's only like nine towns and Woody chimes in and is just like 10. <laughs> he continues by asking about them not freaking out, uh, not freaking out that something is finally happening, happening in this little town of theirs. Eats tells him that there's no way that it's going to even make it to this neighborhood. Davy chimes, uh, tells them that this is, this is the most exciting thing that's happened to them, but then is interrupted by Faraday with quote, incoming titties at 12 o'clock. they all run over to the window and eats takes the binoculars away from faraday to look at nikki he makes a sexual snarky comment and davy tells him to show her some respect because her parents are getting a divorce faraday then runs over to uh, over a statistic about her being willing to have premarital sex it was like a 75 (laughs) percent chance of her being more willing to have premarital sex and david calls them disgusting you know what? When that statement was made, I literally like nodded my head. I, no, I nodded my head. I'm like, mm, oh. yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nikki slowly turns around and the boys drop to the floor except for Davey. Woody pulls him down, but he is fucked because she's definitely spotted him. <laughs> we cut to the boys at the library reaching more, uh, re- reading, reading more articles about the Cape May Slayer who I'll be referring to as CMS from here on out, Woody and Eats are making fun of Davey and being loud while Faraday and Davey are looking up information. Faraday tells the other two uh, to not get him kicked out out of the library because he actually comes here to study. Um, Nerd. Yeah. Uh, They were just like, all right, well, fuck it. They walk off and and Davey and Faraday initially stay to continue looking up articles. Davy shows an article to Faraday about the Slayer confirming 15 of his victims. Faraday asks Davy why why would he write a write a letter after all these years? Davy tells him that the killer is getting bored and raising stakes a little bit more. And I even put here that this is super fascinating since the MO for some some serial killers were to uh, put their hands into the bear trap a little bit to see if it will snap or not. And that was just that was just something they some did and that was always a fascinating piece to me where you had people like ed kemper for example who initially literally said that i killed my grandmother and mutilated her body and they did nothing he had to go there and show them evidence that he did this stuff because they didn't believe him yeah that's fucking insane yeah till this day you can actually find books that he read for um, audiobooks to this what day. Mean? What do you mean? Like he, he in jail, he would read audio, he would read books and he would record himself reading them. Oh. And those are officially auto, audio books now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fucking wild, right? <laughs> that is, that's crazy. If you watch the show Mindhunter on Netflix, they even show you him actually doing the recordings and it's wild oh damn yeah it's wild <laughs> they start looking into an older article of people dying and davy takes over because faraday is going too slow for him he's like god damn it faraday you're not gonna break it <laughs> they are going from article to article and seeing all these kids who were killed by uh by the cms um 
the things are starting to get intense until Eats pops up with his quote peek boobs <laughs> showing of Nat Geo. Eats uh, stuffs the magazine in his pants and takes it out of the library. Cut to the kids getting ready for their nightly game of manhunt. I love that the fact that they play this like almost every night in this movie too. I thought that was really fun. Yeah, and there's um, a reason for it too, which we'll find out later on. Right, exactly. Davy asks um, asks about Sammy and how they uh, need him to have numbers for the game. Eats tells him that he hasn't heard from him in a few days, but since um, the Hoffman's car is in the driveway, Davey, Faraday, and Eats head over to, to gather Sammy. Um, they walk over to, to his house and knock on the door to look inside the house, but the lights aren't on. Aren't on. Davey suggests that Sammy is, was, pro- was possibly taken from the Slayer, but they... They tell him to not be ridiculous and that he probably went to the lake. Davy asks, "What about their car?" And Eats brushes it off and drops out, uh, drops out of the game for the lack of numbers. Faraday then bails out next, but Davy is determined and tries the door to the house, but it is locked. He walks over to their car, but then starts walking away. Not before we get one last glimpse of him, make uh, looking at Mackie's house. Back home, Davy is making a PB and J, and I even put here, your boy is allergic to PB, so I've never had one of these. Oh damn! Um, yeah, I never had a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before. You're not missing out. Um, I'm not. I nah. feel like they're. I feel like it's like an American staple. Like you're, <sighs> it, it makes it's, it feel like I'm missing out. Let me let me ask you this: that sentence, "an American staple," is that sound like an actual good thing? <laughs> Probably not. (laughs) Although burgers are great. (laughs) Love me some burgers. I mean, yeah. (laughs) He goes to grab some milk out of the fridge and realizes that Dusty DeWitt is is on the milk carton as one of the missing uh, children. Cut to the boys and Davey telling them that Mackie is the slayer because he remembers seeing this kid um, inside of his house sitting on his couch when they were playing Manhunt a few weeks back. They have a little laugh and Faraday mentions that um, that they shouldn't have taken him to the library, but Davey explains. Excuse me. Uh, eats comments uh, um, saying that redheads all look alike and Woody tells him um, – if he is sure, then he should tell his parents. Davy says that they won't believe him and then adds that he saw the kid and then ask about the Hoffmans since they are neighbors. He questions that if the Hoffmans say Mackie with uh, if the Hoffman saw Mackie with Dusty and Mackie saw he would he would actually probably get rid of them. Faraday says that to eats to tell Davy what Kyle said. He tells him that Mackie goes into the hardware store once a week and buys 100 pounds of dirt for his quote unquote garden. Davy calls bullshit and tells him tells them about Mackie's padlocked room in his basement, but that's not enough. He hands them the newspaper about the Slayer and who is uh, and who it is suspected to be fitting the description of Mackie eats tells him that he's a cop with a great reputation. And Davey says that's the perfect alibi. And that's why everything about, about what he's doing is genius because he knows how cops operate and he knows how to get away with it. I find that interesting where you get that statement of him saying that like, well, he's a cop. Like he, he knows how to, cover up evidence he knows how to move things around he knows not to leave traces of fingerprints and so on and so forth um i i don't i I just don't know how believable the statement feels to me really because i actually find that to i i feel like that is the case because i 
you 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 know how I feel like as an officer you would understand how things would go down. You would understand what things would be looked for. What are the the thought the thought processes of like detective work or trying to f- come down to like because I think it's the same thing of like maybe any other job like you kind of you kind of go down a path of thoughts right of like this is the first thing you should check and this will lead you to to either point A or point B and if it's point B then you look at C and D you know mm-hmm. yeah I I don't know like I just feel like I just feel like he would slip up faster for some reason hmm. because it's just because it, it, I feel like because most most cops don't have that much time off but it felt like he, this guy was home at a at a decent time every night and so on and so forth and granted it's probably because it's a small town yeah like i i I guess i'm not taking that into consideration um because if it's since it's a small town like i feel like then maybe things might run a little different there they might be overstaffed instead of understaffed um compared to a place like here san francisco right where we're understaffed like we need cops right now and um like I guess for for that, like they have to work longer. So I don't know. Yeah, I hear that. So I don't know. I guess that's just how I feel about it. Um, do 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 do. Davy suggests that they need uh, that they need something. They need hard evidence. The boys are stoked to hear that they are going to do a stakeout on Mackie, and we begin Operation Mac Attack. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. It's funny because this movie is just it's it's it. It's it's cute, like this this beginning this whole beginning portion of this movie is super cute, until it's not. <laughs> then it gets really fucking serious real quick. Um, cut to Mackie leaving his house at eight twenty four a.m. with a gym bag, contents unknown. Then Mackie coming back back home at six twenty five p.m. with the same bag. He goes in through the garage and closes it right behind him. Always, Davy throws a newspaper on his on someone's lawn that reads. Quote, fear across Cape May hits fever pitch for the fourth voiceover affair day mentions that Mackie Mackie's weekends are all over the place with no routine in sight, except that he gardens quite a bit. He mentions that that the acidity of the, in the soil must be off because the plants don't look too good. Another people th- another paper thrown that reads, quote, FBI consults in Cape May Slayer investigation End quote, going door to door for help. Uh, Eats mentions that he has dinner. He, oh, excuse me. Eats mentions that he has dinner alone every night at eight thirty, and then probably wanks himself to sleep while he cries afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this guy, this fucking kid is Ryan. <laughs> but, but Davy rebuttals with Mackie going for a jog every night at eleven for an hour or so. He he doesn't know uh, where he goes, but they should find out. They are in the treehouse marking, uh, excuse me, they are in the treehouse marking all of this down on a chalkboard and Woody asks, asks what they should do next um, now that they have his schedule. Davey heroically says that they, quote, catch this fucker and become heroes, end quote. 
Cut to the Hardy Boys inside the treehouse while Davy is looking out of the binoculars, eats in Faraday, arguing about Star Wars, and Woody hanging um, hanging out with that Nat Geo book that they stole from the library. They mention something about gremlins in the argument, and Davy mentions that he still has yet to watch it. Faraday makes a joke about him taking Nikki to go see it with him. Eats and Woody get into a slight argument about Woody's mom, but Davy shuts them all all up because Mackie just came back. He is moving his trash cans out of the front of his house. Eats uh, suggests that they break into his garage. Woody and Faraday tell him no because he's a cop. Davy tells him that he has a plan and he leaves for an hour at 11 p.m. Cut to the boys sneaking over to Mackie's house at night and Davy stops at his trash to suggest checking uh, checking inside of the trash cans. I, I was very curious. I was just like, this motherfucker runs at 11 o'clock at night? Hey, I do like, it. Do you really? Yeah, but my neighborhood's like, you know, a pretty... I live in San... Where I live, it's just like it's not a bad neighborhood at all. So I feel safe enough. And sadly, I'm privileged as a male. I don't have to worry about being out at dark by myself. True. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, no, I would... I definitely wouldn't. I mean, not necessarily because I'm like afraid of the people around here or anything. I'm not. Um it's more so like raccoons and shit for me personally. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, like raccoons and coyotes and shit. You're like, hella yeah, I don't funny. Really wanna, don't really want to have to run into any of those little little rascals. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I personally, well, that and like cops because cops be fucking with people. I don't know yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting because I remember one time my wife asked me like, why do you always bring your wallet with you when you walk the dog? And I had to sadly tell her it's like, I mean, it's because if a cop stops me, yeah. I mean, it just, it, it leads to a little bit less harassment. Um, and this isn't a thing against cops. Like, you know, it, do your job. It is what it is. But some of them do just kind of fucking harass you. And unfortunately I've, I've been a victim of, uh, racial profiling. So it is what it is. Um, they're that. not digging the idea of going inside his trash, but they don't end up finding anything. Faraday suggests that they look through his mail instead. He pulls out a porno magazine and surprise, surprise, Eats takes it from him and says, I'll take that. <laughs> Davy agrees with the idea of checking through his mail, his mail and that they should do it every single day. Faraday and Eats dip out, but Woody asks Davy if he could sleep over at his place. He tells him that he doesn't want to be home and Davy agrees for him to come on over. Woody heads home to grab his stuff, and before he leaves, his mom is in the living room crying and drinking, and holy shit, is this fucking sad. Yeah, that was really sad. That was a big smack to the face, because I was not expecting that at all. Yeah. Like, honestly, the only interaction for, I guess, the only major interaction that we kind of see from the parents is from... Um, obviously Davy, but we don't see his parents for, for quite a bit of this movie. And then Woody, and then we even get another glimpse of of uh, Eats' parents, of them having an argument and so on and so forth. So it's, it, this stuff is all heartbreaking, but it mm-hmm. kind of just lets you know that like everyone, not everyone, but some people, even if they look like they are privileged, they are suffering from, some, some, from something. Um, money doesn't buy happiness, right? Yeah, um, true. But this breaks my heart even more after you've initially, as we get deeper into the movie. 
He goes over to her and decides to put her to sleep. He tells her that he loves her and gives her a kiss and leaves the room, but not the house. Back with Davy looking outside his window at Mackie's house, but he hasn't come back home yet. His doorbell rings and he checks the clock. It's 1224 a.m. Assuming that it is Woody, he gets up to go answer the door. But it's actually Nikki at the door instead of Woody. <gasps> and I was like, yo. Yeah. Save. Yo. <laughs> Save. Bro. She's about to get it in. Hell like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Just play. What is she, two two years ahead of him? Three years? Probably, Bro, yeah. But that you're, at you're that fine. point, that makes a big difference. But at the same time, it's not a big difference. You know I what I'm mean, saying? I mean, I don't Like, know, in body bad. development, it makes a big difference. That's, that's but true. If, if something were to happen, it's like, you guys aren't that far apart in age. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I... I I remember in high school, like, I remember, like, seniors dating freshmen and stuff like yeah. that. I remember like, that. It, that, was like, that was, like, a thing. I think as long as with if you're within the same um, schooling, like, if you're both in, in high school or if you're both in middle school, but once you breach those paths, then I feel like, oh, like, if a high schooler is dating someone in college, unless they're a senior, right? But, like, if it's, like, sure. a freshman dating someone in college, it's like, yikes. Or if like <laughs> a middle schooler is dating a freshman, then it's like yikes. I don't know. Yeah, no, I feel you like that. I feel like that can be definitely a little weird. Like after you're a senior in high school and then you go to college, and you're just like, well, do I leave my girlfriend? Yeah. Like she's still in high school like, for <laughs> another three years. She's yeah. still in high school. Like so, I could see that being very interesting. But I mean, hey, once you're eighteen. And they're 18 or above. Age is nothing but a number. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She comes into his house without an invitation, and my boy is sprung. He is sprung. <laughs> Hell yeah, he is. Good for him. Good for him. Good for she him. Ob- she obviously is like digging this kid. Nikki is walking around the house and heads into the kitchen, then opens his fridge and grabs a soda. And I, for me personally, I'm like, bruh, you, you, okay, stop. Like, like you didn't buy that soda. Like, <laughs> you haven't been in my house in years. What, what makes you think you can just do this? She's that <laughs> she cool asked, 80s girl. I know. Yeah, seriously. She asked him where his parents went, and Davey tells her date night. And I even put here, not going to lie, if I was his age, I probably wouldn't even know what to do at this point. I was just like, fuck. I don't he's fuck. like 15, right? Yeah, he's 15. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I would want to... I think at 15, I would have been so preoccupied if, like, if I try to move, like, is that... What if it's the wrong message or, right. like, like, she wasn't wanting this? And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'd be kind of, like, stuck in this, like, should I do something? Should I not do something? You know? Exactly. At, at 15, at least. Yeah, like, I, I, was, I wouldn't know what to do in his shoes. Like, I would be probably just like him. I would, like, let her lead. Like, she obviously <laughs> knows what she's doing. <laughs> she starts going upstairs to uh, his room, and he follows her up. She is looking out of his window with the binoculars and realizes that he has a pretty sweet view of her window. <laughs> He's like, huh. It's like... Your view is a lot better than I thought it would be. Uh, he exclaims that he has never seen her naked, and she comments back with, quote, that's too bad. I have a great body. End quote. And I was, I was like, <gasps> I was like, she's just trying to like make him die on the inside. Seriously. At that point, it, it's just like, okay, this is an invitation. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, Davy cracks a little smile and then she heads over to his wall to see all of the cryptic articles that he has collected over the years. 
She comments on all of it and and even claims that they had a lot of fun back in the day and it sucks how much things have changed. Davy tells her that um they are older that they are old enough to actually hang out now and she chuckles then tells him that it is too bad because she is leaving or she is um uh I I wrote that wrong. Uh, she says it's too bad because she will be moving um away. Or excuse me. No, I actually were right. I just read it wrong. She uh, said it's too bad, but she is leaving while she's moving closer towards him. I needed a comma there. This is why this is why good punctuation, everyone. <laughs> uh, grammar works. She looks she looks down at his lips and I know she da- for sure looks down at his lips because I paused it. You did I pause it. On that moment, and I was like, <laughs> "She is totally looking at his lips right now." Good catch. It's just like, it's like, wow, she is, she is into it, and it's definitely about to go down. So I have but, a theory about this. Oh, do you? I think because let's be real. Looking at the scene, this is a very, a very attractive older girl. You know, she's probably right. close to eighteen, maybe a senior. Like we said, three years. He's fifteen. Uh, yeah, and- she, she got she got in the uh, Stanford. Right? Yeah. I don't remember that, but mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, she got Stanford. Okay, okay. So this is the case, right? Mm-hmm. Like you would think to yourself, what is this this woman that is newly an adult, right? Or going to be an adult, uh going away for school. Uh, why is she flirting with this fifteen year old boy? And why is she preying on this young exactly, man? Exactly. But I think what it <laughs> is, and we kind of get a sense of this later, if we if we want to be real about it, her parents are going through a divorce, right? And everything mm-hmm. seems confusing for her right now. She's going to have to leave, even though she wants to leave. She she shares that she wants to leave this town later on in the film. Right. But I think with this conflicting time, she wants to go back to something safe. When things are simpler, when she was a kid and thinking back maybe three years ago, like starting high school, things were simple. You could flirt with boys. And uh, I wish I could go back to that time. And what's something that can make her feel safe and feel in control? Flirting with Davy because she knows Davy's always crushed on her. And it's also someone that she's very comfortable with because she babysat him. And I'm like, oh, my God, this right. is speaking on so much of her, her mental health status where she could be using him as a coping mechanism. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, no, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like that, because you could you could tell that, like, okay, she probably feels vulnerable, but at the same time, she knows Davy's also vulnerable. Yeah, um, and so, she's in control no, that in makes, that situation. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, she's in control, and and she feels the control. And um, I actually really enjoy that scene a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like I think that scene is really sweet and really touching, and and kind of heartwarming um, in a, in a way too, because like he he knows that he likes her right and like he's obviously yeah. madly attracted to her and um it's it's cute because you could tell that she has a bit of a attraction to him as well even though she knows that like oh, okay this kid's a lot younger than me and and so on and so forth but still i think if she um, hasn't delved into that adulthood like dating life yet exactly. because like if she's still in high school it's like he's still in high school right and maybe she does like maybe have a tiny itty bitty baby crush on him yeah, which I think she does. 
No, I think she definitely does it because of, of the way he grew up and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um. Because I'm I'm not gonna lie. Even though he's a bit of a nerd, like he's still he was still like, in my opinion, besides I guess eats, he was the coolest one out of all of them because like he was he was smart and he was into just like really really interesting things that most people aren't interested in. Um. And he was different, and that, I, I think that's that's what that that's what made him kind of like one of my favorites in this movie. Yeah. Even though my, my main favorite was, was definitely Woody. Like, Oh oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) And, and to be real, like it's the eighties, right? Summer of 84. Mm -hmm. If you're, there's not much, there's not as much to do in the eighties compared to now, as far as keeping yourself self-engaged, like you're probably gonna be bored at home. Why not go across the street and flirt? (laughs) Cause like a lot of people flirt out of boredom or, straight up practice flirting and nowadays that's done yeah. online through social media but straight up if you gotta mm. maybe she's like i gotta i gotta practice my game for when i go off to college let me go practice being smooth to this this 15 year old <laughs> boy right because like straight up people aren't yeah. just inherently good at flirting you gotta you gotta practice it it's true it's true it's it's some people are blessed with the gift but others <laughs> you do have to practice yeah. <laughs> um but Davy is blocked by his parents coming back into the house. Uh, Davy, annoyed by their arrival, but makes Nikki laugh, and then she escapes out of the window, but not before offering him sweet dreams. <laughs> Davy, stoked about the situation, falls on his bed with an absolute huge grin on his face. Cut to this kid leaving. I honestly, deep down his eye, like I don't think he was even acting. Like I think he was really, truly attracted to her. Yeah, like like it it it, it felt that felt. A little too real for yeah, me. Yeah, like she, you could tell she was acting, but like for him, like he just he seemed like like nah, he's man. in love. He's smitten. Like he's like fuck. Like this <laughs> chick is actually really attractive. Yep. Like damn it. <laughs> Cut to this kid leaving a house late at night, walking down the street, but he stops when he hears footsteps coming closer towards him. This is where the movie actually starts to get, okay, I see why this is a horror movie now. (laughs) He runs into a dark alleyway. Uh, He runs into a dark alleyway and stops to catch his breath. Someone runs up behind him, chloroforms him, and throws him in a car, then drives away. Cut to Mackie leaving his house and the boys in in a car trying to hide so he doesn't see them. Woody starts freaking out a little bit because um, he doesn't want to want to get caught by his mom but the rest of the crew want want him to follow him they tell him that everything is going to be fine and to follow him anyway the kids make it to the hardware store where mackie is getting uh getting or where mackie is leaving out of davy asks woody about what happened last night um and him not coming over woody tells him that his mom needed his help and davy tells him uh tells the crew that nikki came over instead None of them believes believes him, and he is going and he is going more into detail until Mackie starts coming out of the hardware store. They stop talking to watch Mackie put uh, put all of these tools and dirt into his car. Mackie starts uh, starts leaving, and the boys start to t- uh, tell him a bit more. Woody is driving slow as shit behind him, making him <laughs> look even more suspicious. <laughs> Eats tells him to speed up, but Woody tells him to shut up. Davey tells him to look out <laughs> because <laughs> someone is pulling out of a out of a parking spot. Woody is on the edge, and Davey tells him tells them to relax and head on home. While driving, a cop car is behind them and then flashes their lights at them to pull over. 
Davy is wondering if it's Mackie that is in the cop car, and Eats is telling him to just be cool. The cop gets out of the car, and it's not Mackie. It's actually Officer Cole. Uh, Woody knows Cole and, and tells him that they, ran, that they ran out of snacks and were just borrowing his mom's car uh, to get more. Cole leans closer to Woody and tells uh, tells them that another kid just went missing and to get their asses home. He also has that little back and forth with uh, Eats in the back of the car, and he's like, Mr. Eaton. Yeah. And he's like, Officer Cole. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, though, because it adds just um, overall world building for the, the neighborhood, right? It's like, right. these are these are real characters. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it made you feel like, okay, these people have actual backstories. Yep. Like they're not just here for this moment. Exactly. Uh, back with Davy Spinal Mackie getting home pretty late, taking something that is that isn't what he got from the hardware store out of his car. Davy tells uh, tells the homies over over around the other houses that he switched cars and he doesn't have any of the stuff that he bought. He hears a pebble get thrown at his window, and it is Nikki once again calling for him to come outside. They go to a, a, a secluded spot to drink and for her to tell Davy about the divorce. Nikki tells him that she doesn't have anyone that she can um, really talk to, especially her friends, because their parents are happily married. Davy tells her that people keep things like this private and that um, they could be in the same boat as she is, and she wouldn't know until she actually started opening up. She asks if her parents are happy, or she asks if his parents are happy. But he tells her that he doesn't know, but he guesses they are. Nikki claims that she can't wait to get out of this town and thinks she is sounding like an idiot. Davy assures her that she doesn't, um, that she isn't sounding like an idiot, and then asks her if he can tell her his secret now. She agrees, and he tells her that he thinks Mackie is the CMS. Nikki finds it far-fetched and says that he is friends with her dad, and he even goes fishing with her dad. Davy tells her that he is spying on him, and she tells him that his parents will lose it if they found out. Um, she tells him that he needs to stop and let the cops handle it, um, then tells him that he is the only person that she actually cares about in this town, and she doesn't want to see him get hurt. Davy liked that, and then asked about Kyle, and she's like, "What about Kyle?" And <laughs> what about and then, Kyle? Yeah, and she's like, "What about him?" And I even <laughs> put, I even put in, in heroes is like insert Ariana Grande give. What about it? <laughs> <laughs> um, cut to Mackie outside of the house watching a group of kids playing baseball um, outside of his house. And then ask the kids if they want freezy pops. All the kids run over and continues watching the and he continues watching the kids while he drinks his beer. He then loses his smile while uh, watching them. Um, and this is actually like now creepy. Scary. Yeah, I was like, creeped out here. Yeah, like he, when he just drops that smile, even though you know, like he's he's smart. Obviously, he's not going to kill anyone in his neighborhood. Um, well. <laughs> but he, he he was smart because he was just like like okay well, I, I know I can't kill any of these kids because it's way too close to home and um, he knows that like he kind of needs to uh, uh, shop initially or hunt outside of this town um, which is why it wouldn't really come to that town at this point I was just <laughs> like this is for the audience just like I should have like he's the killer he has to be <laughs> You know, I honestly was really hoping that it was uh, Davy's dad. I was hoping it was someone else, but uh, eventually I was like, "It's there's too much investment that there's no way it'd be anyone else at this point. 
Yeah, but it felt like it was just too obvious. Yeah. At that point. And I was like, oh, man, it would be awesome if it was like Davy's dad or something like that. That would like us because Davy also Davy's dad, uh, Randall, would always go out, too, because he always, quote unquote, had to capture stuff for the news. Yeah. Yeah. True. So it would that like I mean, he has also another <sighs> perfect alibi. You're right. Uh, cut to the boys at. Oh, excuse me. Cut to the boys um, in the treehouse, and Faraday pulls out some whiskey that he stole from his dad's um, stash. All of the boys take a sip of it, and this is just the best reactions ever. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I love where he was just like, oh, it feels like my throat's bleeding, and all of that. Like, it was just, it was so good, so well done. And I love how Eats takes the last sip and he tries to, like, hold it, hold it in. <laughs> yeah. So he's, like, in pain. <laughs> You could tell, <laughs> but he he skips the pain and he asks, "What is the deal with uh? What is the deal with Davy and Nikki?" Davy tells them that they hung out again last night and that they have a connection. He snaps at at Eats when he starts talking about Nikki sexually, um, and then mentions that Mackie is still outside. Faraday tells him that they have been. Uh, excuse me. Faraday tells him that they have been on him for weeks now and nothing has come up. The boys head over to the Hoffman's house. Davy tries the door again and it actually opens this time. He looks back at the squad and Faraday comments that everyone leaves their doors unlocked in this area. Stupid move. Davy suggests that they go outside and make sure that they aren't dead in there. Um, uh, Eats says that he is go- he isn't going inside and if he wanted to go inside, uh, then go ahead and be his guest. Without even thinking, Davy heads right on in and Eats tells him that he was kidding. They all head inside the house right after that and Davy tries to turn uh, turn the light on, but to no avail. They continue moving inside the house, but they smell something that smells like roadkill. Inside the kitchen, and you can hear flies, um, food is on the ground, and then the phone starts to ring and it startles the kids. They tell Woody to try to turn on the kitchen light right Right when he is about to turn it on, Nikki's hand comes across the other end and scares the fucking shit out of everyone involved, <laughs> including herself. And it, it even got me, too. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> it got me pretty good. Um, Davy asks um, ask her, what is she doing in there? And she tells them that she is taking care of the cats of the Hoffmans uh, while the Hoffmans are um, gone for the summer. Um, she reverses the qu- the question back to them. Davy tells tells her that they uh, thought the Hoppins were dead because Sammy was missing. She uh, jokingly asks if Mackie is the one who did it. The boys all realize that Davy was telling the truth about uh, seeing Nikki and Eats ask if they are hooking up. <laughs> That's the whole thing he cares about. He's just like it's like wait, so it, it's true. Are you guys hooking up? Honestly, I'd <laughs> ask the same thing same she tells <laughs> she tells him that davy she said let's put it this way davy is more of a man than you nerds ever will be <laughs> all of the all of the boys give him mad props and congratulations and i even put here this is pretty cute but they still horny as fuck <laughs> <laughs> next day davy is putting some stuff up and finds some extra walkie talkies in a basket uh gi joe walkie talkies to be exact he walks uh he walks his friend's 
uh, oh, he walks to his friends and, or excuse me, he walks with his friends and tells them that he uh, has an idea during manhunt, now nighttime, and he shows the gang the extra walkie-talkies. He tells them that they are going to plant the walkie by uh, Mackie's window to listen in on his conversations. The homies head over to Mackie's house and Faraday can see Mackie in the li- in his living room. Davy gets on Woody's shoulders and then turns on uh, the walkie. But one of the neighborhood kids uh, catches him- catches them in the game of manhood. And uh, I love what he calls him. <laughs> He's like, I caught you, you big titty butthole. <laughs> I was like, what does he call him? I don't remember. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was the best line ever <laughs> ever Woody tells the kid to fuck off and then the kid uh or before that he's like kind of having that back and forth with the kid he was like no we're on timeout and he was like no you're fucking not and he was like i caught you whatever and he was like fuck off and he was like whatever i caught you you're out of the game and <laughs> i love how he just looks up at uh back up and he's like i fucking hate that kid <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Eats tells the guys that Mackie has rubber gloves on and cleaning products, then tells Faraday that he is coming his way. Towards Faraday, Mackie drops all the cleaning products and notices that there is blood on him. Davy asks if he is sure that it is blood, and he tells him that he doesn't know and that it could be paint, um, but he went into the basement. Faraday heads over to his basement window, but tells the crew that um, he painted over his windows so nobody can look inside. Davy gets down from Woody's shoulders, and he is about to run around by the basement, but Mackie opens up a window and scares Davy to the point where he runs away. Dude, bad move. At this point, I was like, "No, what are you doing? You're you're, you're being sus. Like you gotta, yeah, you gotta think of a of, of an excuse of like, oh, like you threw a ball over here and it was in the bushes and you're looking for it. Like, see, I, I thought of that on the right. spot. Easy. Yeah, or like just say like, oh man, we're playing manhunt. Like, um, oh yeah, I thought that during the film. Like, Mr. This Mackie, my don't, don't tell on us or whatever. Yeah, I said he was. Oh shit, and ran away. Yeah, bad move. <laughs> Yeah, made himself seem super suspect. Um, back with Davy and Woody in Davy's room, Davy is looking out of the window at Mackie's, and Woody asks him if he thinks uh, Mackie is onto them. Davy tells him that he doesn't think so, and he needs to fi- try to figure out what's going on with the walkie-talkies and see why it's not working. Next day, um, Davy heads over to Mackie's to check on the walkie. While doing so, Mackie comes up behind him and startles him by calling his name. <clears throat> He tells Davy that he scared the hell out of him last night, and Davy blames it on Manhunt. Mackie um, is wondering why Davy is in his yard, and then asks if he owes him money for the papers yet again. Mackie tells him that he is ready for him this time and co- to come around to collect the money. Um, I love how he even said that he was like, "I was ready for you this time," because um, it definitely seemed a little creepy and a little off for sure. <laughs> definitely was. Uh, Davy follows Mackie into the backyard and Davy notices that there is a dirt pile with a shovel in it and it looks just like a grave. Mackie notices his G.I. Joe walkie-talkie and he asks if if that's what they are uh, using to play manhunt with. He is uh, willing to give him new walkies. Davy tells him that he can't because he uh, has to get back to his route. While walking away, uh, the planet walkie walkie picks up the other and starts having feedback from from the close distance. Davy mentions that the walkies are pretty crappy and uh, Mackie tells him that 
the offer still stands. Back home at night, Davy is trying to check on the walkie-talkie again, um, but looks out of the window with his binoculars and scopes out the windows, but then, then notices Mackie is looking back at him with binoculars through his window. That was he drops. That, that was, was so creepy. But before you, at before that point, you get it was to like, that, okay. Before you on. get to that, let me finish this last bit. He drops to the ground and tries to slowly get back up to look through the window. He notices that his planted walkie is now on the windowsill because Mackie put it there. Yeah. Holy <sighs> shit! I'm getting chills just saying that. Yeah. At that point, I I, I remember receiving chills throughout my body. And I was like, he knows, yeah. dude. He knows. Right. Yeah. Like at that moment, like it's just like, yeah, you fucked up. Yeah, like, definitely. Need, at that moment, I would have stopped. I would have been like, yeah, OK. Like now, like this is now getting dangerous. Yep. Like, like I can't. Uh, uh-uh, I would have stopped. But he doesn't stop. Instead, using the other walkie talkie, he calls for his friends and tells them that they need to have a treehouse meeting. Mackie is off on a run. Faraday and Woody are tasked to follow him. Davy also tells them about the human-sized dirt pile in the backyard. Davy and Eats head over to the backyard to see if they can find the body buried underneath. Um, quote unquote. He tells them to stay on the walkie and to let to let them know uh, when he starts heading back. Mackie runs over to the storage unit. Faraday and Woody are watching, but Faraday says that they need to get a closer, better look. Excuse me. Woody asks on how they are supposed to get uh, closer uh, without Mackie seeing them, and Faraday is trying to bribe Woody to get a closer look inside the storage unit. Woody is looking inside and, and notices that there is a car and chemicals sitting down on the ground. Woody runs back over to Faraday, and Mackie pulls the car out of the garage and stops the car to close the garage again. While Mackie is doing that, he hears something from behind the trash can and heads over to check it out, but they get away in time. Faraday realizes that Mackie could uh, could be heading back to the house and tries to contact Eats and Davey. Back with those two digging up the yard, and Eats tells tells him that there there is nothing here eats suggests that he is possibly hiding something in his shed and they head over to where eats pops pops the lock they head inside and lock and look around a bit until davy sees a bloody mtv shirt that dusty was wearing he goes out of the shed to show eats the shirt while looking at the shirt woody and faraday jokingly uh, scare them both um, they were telling them that they were trying to reach reach them on the CBs for about 10 minutes now. They go into Davy's room to discuss all of their findings. Woody tells them that there was a, a bag that looked hazardous, and he called it Noah. He was like, and it said <laughs> Noah on it. But he wrote it out on... on he wrote it out on a piece of paper to show Faraday. Faraday rewrites it um, in the periodic for, uh, formula for sodium hydroxide. Davy brings out a book to look up the chemical compounds of uh, sodium hydroxide. Um, quote, it breaks down the chemical bonds that keep flesh intact, turning organic tissues to liquid, frequently used to decompose roadkill dumped in landfills. This will also help reduce the odor of decomposition. <laughs> Fuck. Davy puts two and two together and then tells the group that he uh, uh, tells the group that it is time for him to tell his parents. We cut to the kids and Davy's parents in the living room and they are trying to tell tell them about Mackie, but they don't believe them. Davy continues going on with the evidence that they found and uh, mentions that he dug up his garden um, and didn't find anything. Would you get pissed at your kids? 
if like, like my kids came and told me like straight up they went that, into someone's yard. Yeah, went into someone's yard and like dug up shit, but found all this shit that that's on your table. Like, there's obviously a bloody shirt here and so on and so forth. Like, would you get upset or would you like semi believe your kid? So I was actually watching this with Bella, and we actually had a conversation about this, and uh, we were both in the ballpark of like, dude, you gotta trust your kids. Like, you can't. You can't blatantly just be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you dumb? Like, of course, that's not the case, right? Like, you have to have some merit of belief and trust in your kids, right. especially at 15. Like, you should respect the fact that your your kids are going to be an adult in, like, three years. And right. especially if they bring evidence and stuff like that. Like, I think at that point, like, have a conversation with them and say, you need to stay away for your own safety. But the fact that... Davy's dad later on makes him go and apologize to him. Apologize. Like, dude, you, you you sealed his like death sentence at that point, in my opinion. And that was just yeah. a bad move. I personally, to answer your question, I wouldn't be mad at my kid. I would I I would hope that I could be at a point where I could really trust my kid and and think to myself like, we have to talk about this and we have to talk about mm-hmm. why you you got to the point where you wanted to do this and all that. You know, right. Well, I'll let you know back in 15 years how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> Randall Keith uh, gets pissed about his son digging up Mackie's garden tells uh, and tells the boys uh, that they are all in a lot of trouble. He tells Davey that everything that they are doing is illegal, then says that they are going to go over to Mackie's house to apologize to him for everything that they've done so far. Randall rings on the doorbell for Mackie with the, with the boys behind him, and he tells him that the boys have something to tell him. Davey steps up and tells him that they they are very sorry uh, for digging up his backyard and going through his garbage. Randall tells him, uh, tells him to continue telling them why he did what he did. Davey tells him that he thought that, that he saw dusty in, in the house. Yeah. See, this is, this is where I was just like, cool. Yeah. You're fucking done for. Yeah. Uh, while they were playing manhunt and he had this idea that he might be the CMS. Mackie starts to laugh and tells Randall that the guys are going to love this one at the station. Um, Davey continues, uh, Davey questions um, who the boy was in his house that night, and Mackie says that that was his nephew Jamie helping him renovate his dark room. Davey questions that as well, um, thinking that he didn't have any family nearby, then continues to hand him the bloody shirt that they found in the shed. Um, You can tell that Mackie is now starting to get a little upset at this point, and he suggests that they uh, should come inside, and he will call his nephew right now. Randall tells him that that's that isn't necessary and that they just wanted to let him know what happened. Mackie tells him that there are no hard feelings involved at all. Um, but you could see it in his stare that there's definitely hard feelings. Yeah. While R- Randall is still talking to Mackie, Davey tells the group that this doesn't change anything and that the guys no longer want to be a part of it. Um, Randall comes up to uh, comes up and tells the boys uh, to go home and that he will be calling their parents to fill them in on what happened. He tells Davey that he is grounded until further notice <laughs> and that he is disappointed with him and that he is disappointed with him, then orders him uh, to go home and not come out of his room. Davey is in his room practicing what he, uh, how to pick a lock and he successfully and he's successful, excuse me. Uh, and then the phone starts to ring and he gets up to answer it. And it's Nikki asking for him to come over in her room and she is going through photos with him and seeing what she wants to uh, take with her to Stanford. Uh, 
This is how I knew we were going to Stanford. Gotcha. Uh, she tells him that uh, da, 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 da. she tells him that she is going to miss this town, and Davy tells her that she, that he wishes he could leave with her at this point. Nikki finds out that he got caught, and Davy tells him that his dad made him admit the whole thing to Mackie. She asks if he is done now, and she tells him uh, she tells him that all the guys or he tells. Excuse me. He tells her that all the guys bailed out on him, so it's not much that he can do at this point. Davy tells her that he knows that he is right about all of this, and he is, and he is, excuse me, and if he is right, who is going to stop him? We cut to Mackie walking up to Davy's house and knocks on the door. Davy answers and asks him and asks what he's doing there. Mackie tells him that he wants to make sure that they are good and that he feels bad about yesterday. This part was so fucking intense. Yeah, I agree. And like, I really love the score here because the score starts really low and it's like slightly amplifying and literally until he closes the door on Mackie. Mm-hmm. And this scene is like at least maybe five to ten minutes. Yeah, this is a long scene and it, and it is really uncomfortable. It is very uncomfortable and it really got the vibe down. And I think what what really established it as being a tense scene is, um, you know, Davy's trying really hard to make him stay outside of the house. Right. And uh, there's a moment where Davy walks into the kitchen, uh, still telling uh, Mackie to stay outside and he walks in anyways. Yep. Uh, and Bella and I were watching and she was like, ooh, like it was just like, <laughs> it, it was like, she was like, oh, hell no. After you did that, because it's just like, yeah. and I was like, dude, I bet he's like looking for entry points of like how to like get in this house if he needs to and all that. Right. And he was probably also thinking too, like, like, okay, if I really want to get this kid now, I can. Yeah. Because no one else is here. Yeah. I can close this door. And I can probably get this kid right now. Yeah, and but it, I, it's. I think the thing ahead. with him is he 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 knows how to get away with murder, right? And he, yeah, if he were to kill Davy, it'd just be so obvious that it was him. Um, right, his life would be ruined. But I think he was scoping things out for a bigger plan, and I think that I scene is actually a bigger um, plot point than most people may think, because I feel like this scene in particular leads to how something happens later on. 100%. And I'm actually glad that you watched this with Bella. I'm surprised you watched this one. Yeah. Um, So she actually hopped in maybe like 20 to 30 minutes in because she went to the store and came back because we we were going to watch it. it, But uh, she had to go to the store. Right. And obviously you're doing this for a job. So exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, no, I get it. Um, he, does she usually watch them with you? No, right? No. So, um, I, I was like, Hey, cause of the title of this film, I was like, you want to watch this one with me? I feel like you would like it. And I was like, how about you read the description? Don't tell me right. what it's about because I, I like going in blind and you let me know yeah. if you think it's something you would want to watch. And she read it. She's like, Oh hell yeah. This sounds like a movie I read hella like. So cool. Yeah. She did even, she, did even she though, like it? yeah. So even though she came 30 nice. minutes into the movie, she was in it, like, because usually, like, when we watch those, she'll be on her phone and whatnot. But she was like in it, even though she didn't watch the first thirty minutes. Wow! Yeah, damn, the power of horror, man! <laughs> it really is something, you know. Yep. 
This is why horror, everybody. This is why horror. He tells him that he has everyone that they're looking for, the Slayer. Davey asks why they haven't found him yet, and Mackie tells him that this stuff takes time. Mackie tells him that he can share updates with him if he likes, and Davey tells him that doesn't uh, that he doesn't have to. And um, and oh, excuse me that he doesn't have to because he gets the paper before anyone else does. Davy is starting to be very short with him and Mackie comments on him really having it out for him. And I even put here shit. I will watch my steps right now because <laughs> this dude's been killing kids for over 10 years. Yep. Like watch it. Be careful. Like you can't, you know, he's the killer. Like at this point, like your suspicions are heightened to the utmost at this point. Yep. Therefore, like, be careful, like tread lightly. Um, cause I would have been trying to act super nice. Like, no, yeah, no, no big deal. No, it's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to do that. Just wondering. Yeah. <laughs> Mackie tells Davey that he likes him and he's a good kid. Davey lightens up a little bit and mentions that he is pretty sure he, his parents hate him. Now Mackie offers to speak with them about the whole thing, but Davey tells him that it is fine. Mackie tells him that he, um, has quite the imagination and compliments him for his work, uh, that he did. Um, lastly, he asks if there's anything at all that he can do to smooth things over. Davey mentions that he offered to call his nephew yesterday and if he can call him now. Mackie agrees, but Davey, uh, still not allowing him to come inside of his house, goes over to get the phone from the kitchen, but not before he actually... <laughs> I love this part. But not before he actually grabs a knife and puts it inside of his little back pocket. Honestly, he same. looks. Yeah, seriously. Um, David goes behind the wall and Mackie comes inside anyway while Ugh. he tells him to wait at the door. Davey uh, nervously grabs the knife from the holder and stuffs it into his back pocket. He grabs the phone from the from the hook and hands it to uh, Mackie. And while he is making small talk with Davey, he is punching the numbers into the phone. Mackie tells him uh, tells him that his sister lives in Seattle. The phone is ringing, but no answer on on uh, the end. On the other end, Mackie hands the phone back to Davy, and before he leaves, Mackie apologizes for him being grounded and says the most interesting line in this whole fucking movie: "Quote, let's see if I can get you out of this house." Uh. <laughs> that is the most interesting line. He so let me. Ends by Oh, go ahead. Very quickly. Let me ask you this. When he was dialing and he tried again, I think he called twice. Did you think to yourself that he was actually calling his nephew the first time you watched this? No, no, I don't think he even has one. Yeah, I straight up. I said out loud, like he's calling his himself. Like what's stopping him from just calling his house phone? Exactly. Yeah. Like even when I first watched this, I knew he was calling himself. Yeah. Yeah. Where I was just like, no, it's no way you're calling anyone else. Um, maybe if you were trying to get like, maybe if he has someone working with you, then sure. But no way, no fucking way. Uh, he ends by telling Davey that, uh, he is going to do everything he can to catch this killer. And Davey then shuts the door. And that's when the music stops. Oof. I love that. Yeah. I good love touch. that. Good touch. Back in the kitchen, Davey calls for the calls for the operator to see what the last number was that was dialed from the from his house. The operator tells him that it it was five 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 zero one six seven, which is also Mackie's number. He tells his friends that uh, the situation about Mackie and says that they need to get into the house and find out what's inside the basement. Faraday tells him that he's crazy and that uh, they are going to do that. Um, 
Oh, wait, excuse me. Faraday tells him that he's crazy. And if they're going to do that, Davy's mom, uh, but Davy's mom calls him um, back downstairs. He grabs a radio and mentions that if, if she suspects that they're up here, that he will call for them to leave out of the window. Downstairs, and she is telling him to watch the news about the case on CMS. The chief tells the press that they have the uh, CMS in custody, and Davey uh, presses his walkie-talkie so the, so the boys can listen in on what is being said on the TV. They apprehended a man by the name of Arthur Ray Peterson earlier that day. And uh, the chief also calls out the arresting officer being Mackie. Of course. (laughs) Of course. And Mackie comes up on the podium to also discuss. He tells the press that he hopes that this announcement will bring peace to everyone. Meanwhile, Davy's mom uh, was on the phone and she tells him that the the Bay Festival is back on tomorrow and congratulates and congratulates Mackie. She tells him that Mackie is not a killer, but a hero. Bitch, please. Davy is back upstairs with his friends and starts arguing with his friends about it being coincidental that Mackie caught the killer. Eats tells him that he sounds desperate at this point and to admit that he is wrong. Davy continues on saying that he is not wrong and that uh, they need to get inside the basement. Faraday chimes in about him getting into the basement, but there is no way that he could take anything that won't pin it back on Davy. Davey uh, has the idea of using his dad's camera recorder to record everything in the basement instead of trying to take something out of the basement. He looks around the corner and tells them that he is going to prove prove it to them that he will um, and that he would even take the risk. Davey just wants them to watch his back while he is over there and to let him know when Mackie comes back. Eats rises up and tells him no that he is not going to uh, that he's going to get caught davy tells him that every everyone is going to be at the festival tomorrow and that he just needs to be at the bus stop faraday also tells him no that his parents go every single year and and they aren't going to let him bail out but davy says that that's the exact reason why i want you to stay there to keep an eye on mackie and to give him a he- and to give me a heads up when he leaves and he asked Woody je- uh, to just watch the house so he can have multiple layers of protection. All of the guys are in, but um, but let him know that if it's his last shot, and if they get caught, they're putting the blame all on him. Uh, I messed up, honestly. It is it is a bit messed up, but I mean, I get it. Yeah. At the same time, like they already probably got like crazy in trouble with their parents and shit. Oh, that's a good point. Because I, I thought, what was the sudden shift of attitude? I thought you guys were all diehard friends, but that makes yeah. a lot more sense. They all probably got busted. Yeah, so I'm sure for them, they're just like, man, fuck you, Davy. <laughs> uh, but it's Bay Festival Day. Davy's parents tell him that he's not allowed to come with them to uh, the festival and that he has to stay home. Davy puts up a little fake fuss about not being able to go, but as soon as his parents leave, he goes to look out of the window to make sure Mackie is leaving too. Faraday makes it to the festival with his parents. He spots Mackie and he is hiding by the popcorn machine. Eats is leaving his house and you can hear his parents fighting behind him. And this is absolutely fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, they they brought that out of nowhere. But, I mean, it makes sense. Again, like we were talking about earlier, it gives backstory mm-hmm. to these characters. But I'm like, damn, this is sad. It's crazy how – and this is why this movie is so well done to me. is because it's crazy how well these little snippets that we get – that was only like maybe 10 seconds. But that 10 seconds told us a whole story. Yep, exactly. And it was – it's incredible. 
that like we were able to get that much context from no context. Like it's absolutely incredible. Very well done. His brother very, very well done. His brother Kyle is outside sitting on his car and ask him about not being able to take a little family time. Eats wipes away his tears and gets a pa- and gets a paged and gets paged on his walkie-talkie from Davey about being in position. Kyle asks if he needs a ride and eats declines. Um, then Kyle dips out. It's totally Kyle. <laughs> Davey and Woody are going through his dad's van to grab the uh, camera equipment, and then they head over to Backy's. Davey opens the window and and is heading inside. He lets Woody know uh, to make some noise if he hears anything, but Woody comes inside with him instead because he doesn't want him to go in alone. Inside the house, Nikki jumps out and scares them through the window. <laughs> Fuck, man. She needs to stop. Right. Back with Fa- back with Faraday, everybody is applauding because the uh, police force donated some pure shit and uh, started planting flowers and shit. Um, and they are all getting congratulated for it. At Mackie's house, Davey, Woody, and Nikki are slowly creeping up to the door to the basement. Um, or, I should say down. To, no, up to the door is fine. Uh, Davey opens the door and tries to turn on turn on a light but it doesn't uh, turn on and Woody's just like of course it doesn't turn on <laughs> uh, while on the top of the stairs they are, they are all startled by Davey's walkie, uh, walkie call from Faraday he tells him that he was wrong about everything the police department were planting a shitload of flowers uh, then tells him that he's uh, that it's all over that doesn't explain the fact that he didn't find uh, a, a fucking bloody t-shirt yep like, exactly. It's just like you guys are just gonna write that off as just like oh, whatever. He said it was his nephew. Oh, that's right, because he said it was his nephew, and he like may have like hurt himself on some nails or something. Which like, I feel like but that doesn't make sense. Like, why keep the t shirt no. in the shed? Like, I don't know. Exactly. It's just like why would you keep that then? Why? And on top of that, like, why wouldn't he just take it with him? Exactly. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Nikki says that they should uh, still look since they are already there, and Davy agrees that they are going to find the proof that they need. Cut to Eats sitting at the bus stop listening to music, and he notices a car thinking it's Mackie, but it's not. Back with the Boo Crew in, into <laughs> Mackie's basement while they are walking, Woody walks into a uh, into a hanging light, and Davy tries to turn the light on, but it blows out. Um, but it blows out and they continue heading to the door. Another loud noise from the water heater this time. And Davy begins working on the door's locks outside with eats at the, at the bus stop, listening to music, but underneath the, underneath the sounds, he can hear uh, things moving around him, which I don't know how that music was a lot of shit. <laughs> he takes off his headphones to look around, um, look around a bit, but still nothing in sight. Faraday comes up behind him and scares him. And he, uh, he tells him that Mackie is 100% clean and that the whole thing is off. Eats uh, wants to hear more about it and ask if he could sleep at his place. Faraday asks if it's his parents again and tells him that he could stay at his place. Um, uh, Eats turns off his walkie-talkie and they start they start heading on out. Back with the gang in the basement, going inside the padlocked room, there is a baseball. Uh, there is a baseball that reads, "Quote to Wayne, keep it up, slugger." End quote. Davy wonders if this place was his room when he was a kid. Um, 
looking around and they can't seem to find anything out of the ordinary, uh, there's a sound that comes from a bathroom door and Davy goes on to open the door. Nikki is telling him to not open it, but continues going anyway. Uh, once open, they move closer to a shower curtain and they pull back the curtain. Um, the, uh, there are photos of a boy that is inside the bathroom. Um, or there are photos of, uh, what's his name again? Dusty. Yeah. Um, inside the bathroom. Um, Nikki tells, tells them that they need to leave now. And when they go, uh, to look down there, uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, they need to leave now, and right before they're about to leave, they look down, um, and there's someone dissolving in the bathtub. Oh, this is so intense. How surprised were you to see that? I was pretty surprised, honestly, because I, again, like, this movie sets up these expectations. Taint. Yeah, it, it was a team movie. It was until the, until this point. I honestly thought, like, this is going to be a fun ride, it's going to be an exciting adventure, and it's not going to get too crazy, right? But then once we see, like, literally... A body that's drenched in a tub of blood, half dissolved. Um, it it was sad because it was yeah. like there was nothing that really proved that it could have been him. Even though we had many instances as like viewers thinking like it's gotta be him, right? But it right. made it really fucking real at this point. Because what exactly. really freaked me out initially was the photos on the wall. I'm like, that's Seriously? creepy, dude. And then looking down. Ugh, that was just really yeah. sad. Oh man, especially so be- Bella. <laughs> <laughs> especially because, um, well, it's funny because she can handle stuff like that. When it comes to like, oh really? Like I when it comes to re- no. So when yeah. it comes to like serial killers and like slashers, things like that, like like you know the things that I'm afraid of, she <laughs> handles just fine. But she can't ghosts and shit. She yeah, she like, does not fuck with it. paranormal shit at all, and I love paranormal shit. No, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. So not we're very much. flipped. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Trying to hold back vomit, someone grabs Nikki's leg, and it's the kid who uh, was taken from the alley. He uh, he's asking for them to help him, and they start uh, tr- they start trying to take him out of the house. While trying to get get out of the house, Davy notices the photo that the photos that are on the wall, and he realizes that they're all the victims, not his family. Fucked Fuck. up, right? That like, was the, that was the part <clears throat> that like made my heart drop. Same. Yeah, I was like, that's fucking twisted, man. And then because it, it correlated with all the uh, the missing people's articles that they found in the library. Yep. And the flashbacks that to that. And then the what follows up, what oh. Davy sees is a oh, photo man. of himself. <laughs> yep. While looking at the wall, Davy notices that his family picture is also on the wall and realizes that he's next on his list. <laughs> Cut to the police watching the footage that was captured by Davy and his friends. The sheriff orders for them to, uh, to all to get to Mackie's place, and then they all leave except for Davy and his parents. The sheriff calls Davy a hero and that uh, one of the boys are alive because of him. We cut to Davy outside sitting on the stairs of the, of, of the station, and Nikki sits down next to him. She asks him if he is feeling... Um, she asks him. She asks, "How is he feeling?" And he tells her that he uh, that all all of this doesn't feel real. She tells him that her parents just got here and she saw them hugging for the first time in in a while, and uh, tells him that it's because of him that they did that. And when he's about to 
tell her that, oh, I don't know about that. She kisses him and before saying goodbye. Davy's parents are driving him back home and his dad begins to cry while he tells him that he is proud of him and he is sorry for doubting him. I bet you are, you motherfucker. <laughs> back at Davy's house and Woody came over to sleep over uh, came over to sleep over while his mom is at work. Davy wonders uh Davy wonders to his parents on the whereabouts of Mackie. Um, he his dad tells him that they are safe now and, the, and they'll keep an eye on uh, they'll keep an eye out for the rest of the night. Sheila tells her son that they are going to be that they are going to be the talk of the town, and Davy tells her that um, it is not going to be the same ever again. She kisses her son and Woody goodnight, and then they leave the room. Woody goes up to Davy and asks if he thinks um, that they catch that they'll catch him. David tells him that there is no nowhere left for him to hide, and they got him. Fade to black, then fade to black, and it lo- feels like the movie's over. Yeah, but I like was like, feel, it, I was thinking to myself, this is a little, this is wrapping up too perfectly. And if this really yep. is the case, yeah, it is lackluster. I feel like something's coming, and I feel like you could even see it on Davy's face that he's like, it's not over. This is too easy. Right. <clears throat> so we fade to black, and then we cut to Davy's room again. At 12.15 a.m., the attic door and ladder slowly start to come down in Davy's house, and it's motherfucking Mackie. Fuck, this is fucked. (laughs) Davy and Woody are asleep while Mackie is watching them both at the door, and Davy wakes up to Mackie chloroforming him. Davy then wakes up again uh, next to Woody with his mouth um, gagged and his hands behind his back. Um, he gets the bandana out of his mouth and wakes up Woody. Once awake, he tells him to turn uh, turn around so they can untie each other. They untie each other, and uh, Davy tells him that it is Mackie. Um, then they start trying to get out of the car, but Mackie is throwing things out out of the car while they are inside. Davy says that they need to get out of the car, and while they are looking out of Davy's uh, looking out at of Davy's side of the window, the uh, door on the other side begins to slowly open. While looking <laughs> at the open door, Mackie bangs on the window on the other side, and they run out of the car into the forest. And Mackie says um, over the loudspeaker that he knows how much they like games and that they are going to play Manhunt. Only so it's going to be for real. <laughs> this part is so messed up. Uh, and this is when this movie, like, like gets... It, it got serious, but it this is dark. when this movie now gets really, really fucking dark. Yeah, I get it amped up. I think earlier um, with him coming down from the attic, right, it's... That little snippet I said before where I think when he walked inside Davy's house, he was really trying to find a way in. And it was for this moment. Um, and it's right, so at this, at this point, at this point, he knew Davy wasn't going to give up and he knew Davy was going to figure it out because he, yeah. found, he found he found it. So like he knew like the last thing he could find is this fucking padlock room. So. It's interesting. Regardless if if Mackie got found out or not, this was the plan. I think Mackie Mm -hmm. was going to come through the attic and abduct Davy no matter what. It just so happened that he got he got caught. Right. Yep. So it's it's really fucked up to think about. Seriously. Um, And and what also makes this interesting, though, is the fact that he's obviously so good at what he does with like these killings and stuff like he got. Woody, who was a big guy, out of that house. Yeah, that's what I was surprised about. Anybody. 
I was really surprised by that. And then he put him in a car. And like it's just it, uh, it's just super interesting. Davy is telling Woody that they can't catch him, that um, he can't catch him catch them if they keep running and that they have to go. Mackie is telling them and running after them. The boys' paths end by a bed of water. Woody realizes that they are they are on the tidal island, um, and that if they keep going, they'll find the road. They end up running into Mackie's uh, dumping ground for his bodies. They slip in, and Woody is about to scream, but Davy covers his mouth while Mackie is taunting them, uh, telling them telling them that he knows that uh, they are close by. Woody tells Davy that he can't die because his mom needs him. This is also really, really heartbreaking. Mm. heartbreaking. Davy assure, assures him that he's not going to die, and he's going to get him out of this mess. Davy goes to start a diversion so Woody can uh, get to the cruiser and try to escape. Um, Davy, Davy makes it to a tree and tries to peek around his surroundings and spot Mackie, but Mackie comes up behind Davy and slices his Achilles tendon. Fuck this fucks me up, dude. Stop him from running. Ugh. And That's... he even says the fuck that fucking heart, like cold heart, like cold hearted line where he was just like, don't fucking move. Ugh. And he just, and he walks away to finish the job for, uh, uh, Woody, yeah, oh, dude. So, 30 minutes into the film, I said to myself, Woody's gonna die. And Bella was like, No, he's not gonna die. I don't think anyone's gonna die. And then, when this was all going down, I was like, Woody's gonna die. He's it's it's predator versus prey, and he's the weak prey because he's a big boy, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's just a sweet guy. And she's like, No, they can't do that. Like, that's just not a good look. And that's why dude. they did it. <laughs> oh, man, that's why they did it. Uh, this movie is like uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Mackie runs into Woody and he falls to the ground, trying to crawl away from this fucking psycho. Mackie comes up behind him and slits his throat, and then Mackie then chokes him, chokes him out with his arm. Ugh. Like wow. Davy makes it up the hill to the cruiser and notices Woody's um, dead body, a uh, dead body on the ground. Um, before he can cry, Mackie grabs him. He tells Davy that all of this is his fault and he had to do and all he had to do was leave him alone. Davy tries to apologize for his actions and uh, Mackie tells him that he was forced out of his home and stole and stole his life. He tells him that he wants to kill him but that's not enough. He wants Davy to continue thinking about him and he want and what he's going to do to him when he gets back for him when he comes back for him. Then he promises that he will come for him after he has spent pieces of his life looking over his shoulder, wondering if today is the day that uh, that he comes back. And, and then the, he promises he ends with the promise, quote, one day you'll be right and throws him to the ground. So fucked, dude. I remember thinking this is I didn't expect this film to get this dark because that's just really fucked up. Like, like mentally mentally traumatizing this child 100 oh but 100 damn that speaks to the notion that yeah this guy's fucking psychotic like he's a he's a serial killer and it 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 brings it back into uh it grounds it back into reality of like how fucking crazy this guy must be seriously seriously fuck man then he hops in his cruiser and drives away 
fade to a search party looking for Davy and Woody. Davy is lipping through trying to make it back home. A car dr- uh, driving down the road notices Davy on the ground. He gets out, out to help him um, and puts him into his car. While driving him out of there, the, you can see that Davy is also looking at the police cruiser on the side of the road on fire. Fade to uh, uh, Davy in the hospital and his parents coming to see him. Davy is now in his room crying about the events that just took place. And this kid is fucking broken. Yeah. There's nothing he could do now. Ah, fuck. Cut to him on his bike monologuing, quote, You never know what might be coming around the corner. And that's the thing about this place. It all might seem normal and routine, but the truth is the suburbs are where the craziest shit happens. Yeah, right. Just past the manicured lawns and friendly waves, inside any house, even the one next door, anything could could be happening and you'd never know. If I learned anything, it's that people hardly ever let you know um, who they really are. Tough pill to swallow, I know, but it's true. Even serial killers live next door to somebody. Meanwhile, he is passing Nikki leaving for college, Eats and Faraday throwing things out of Eats' house, and uh, you also get the fact that um, Woody's home is foreclosed now, and you see the caution-taped house of Mackey's. And even then, Davey stops his bike, takes the paper out of his bag, and we see that there is a manhunt out for Mackie. But we know that shit ain't over for uh, poor Davey. But then, credits. Whew, what a ride. This movie's a ride, man. And, and, it, and it's crazy because this movie's a lot of fucking fun. It's, it it's is. It's absolutely insane how fun this movie is. And when this movie just got so serious, you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, it's this a, is actually pretty wild. It's a smack in the face, but I think in the right way, like how a smack is supposed to be. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Well, I got some movie facts for us here. Movie facts? Let's get it in. Uh, it says here that the fictional arcade game Palabias of Urban Legend appears in the background of a bowling alley with an out of order sign on it. I noticed that actually, and I was wondering. I was like, I wonder if that game has any symbol symbolism. When Davy cleans his closet just before finding the G.I. Joe's walkie-talkies, you can clearly spot a figurine of Turbo Kid, the uh, title character of um, RKSS Films' previous uh, previous film, Turbo Kid. Um, and it's true. The, the, these three directors made a movie called Turbo Kid, which is absolutely fantastic. It seriously is. Watch I love Turbo when, Kid. I love when people put in <laughs> Easter eggs like that. I love that so much. So great. I remember when I first saw it, and I was like, oh, it's a fucking Turbo Kid. <laughs> <laughs> when the boys are in the clubhouse talking about Nikki, Tommy is uh, seen drinking a bottle of uh, McRitty's whiskey. This is a nod to the to the thing where Kurt Russell's character, RJ McReady, uh, drinks uh, J&B scotch whiskey at different points in the movie. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, anachronism, they're anachronisms. There is a number of slang terms and gestures that are out of place in 1984. Some examples of the words convo and ginger, uh, the idiom take a chill pill, the high five, and the fear of AIDS, which wasn't widely known until the following year. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. 
In the boys' clubhouse, a poster hangs um, showing the cover of 1983 final issue of the punk rock zine Touch and Go. The cover features Henry Rollins, the vocalist of Stat of of State of Alert, Black Flag, and Rollins um, band, and Ian Mc, uh, McKay, vocalist of Minor Threat and Fugazi. Pretty cool. It's cool stuff. Uh, when Eats Faraday and Woody are about to enter Sammy Hoffman's home, you can hear Woody saying, quote, I have a bad feeling about this, end quote, which is the reference to the Star Wars movies um, at 4329 minutes mark of the movie, which is also the same as the same time... Uh, Han Solo says it in Star Wars. That is fucking clever as shit. Holy shit, that's clever. Wow. Literally the same exact time marker as it is in Star Wars. How the fuck do you pull that off? What the hell? <laughs> uh, last one here. The Budweiser beer bottle that, um, uh, that Mackie is drinking out of when he's watching the kids playing in the street is the wrong bottle style in 1983. The 1983 bottle was shorter and had a tapered top. Huh. You know, let's do one more. Let's do one more. Uh, in McKay's secret lockup in, in a vote, uh, is a Volkswagen beetle. The same make and car owned by serial killer, Ted Bundy. Holy shit. Oh man. What a ride. Oh, what a ride. Uh, David, if you're talking, I can't hear you on this end. Uh, try dropping out of Discord and jumping back in. Um, oh, your headphones died. Okay. Uh, I'll go ahead and conclude it on out of, uh, on out of here then. Um, but this was Nightlight. Let us know what you thought about this movie. By all means, I love this movie let us know what you uh w- let us know about this movie over on twitter at good night life that's night with a k um by all means like i cannot wait for you guys to uh also listen to the companion app or not the companion app we're not that we're not that big time um, but let us know what you actually uh think about uh the companion podcast as well to this to where we're going to be speaking with um the writers of this movie summer of 84 but this movie is a, a fucking ride uh the next movie that we do have on our list though is um taurus trap which is a fun little slasher um but we are definitely going to keep this summer month going strong um and hopefully uh this is cu- catching you guys in a time where you guys are being safe and out of a quarantine situation but still practicing social distancing and so on and so forth um, by all means please continue to stay safe out there guys um we know how how serious this is for us to go ahead and start bending that curve the opposite direction because we all want to get back to normalcy uh or change the new normal back to the old normal um but this was nightlight a horror movie podcast i was one of your hosts prince also known as head knight and on the other end there i had david but david's microphone and or excuse me his headphones died which actually forced him to stop his recording so i'm just gonna edit for him also known as nightly um our efforts to get this show out is not enough we need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights Rating us five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife, and that's night with a K. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.